to start this episode of the podcast to be named later with a story from 2019. I had just become the Pittsburgh Pirates beat reporter for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I was still getting to know the clubhouse, and it wasn't exactly a great clubhouse to be in at the time because the Pirates were in free fall. At the end of the year, though, there was a little spark of excitement in looking back on it now, little is the operative word. James Marvel, the minor league pitcher of the year for the Pirates that year, was getting a surprise promotion up to the major leagues. A little bit of excitement at that time. Marvel does his presser with all the local media. They, you know, they say congratulations. They disperse. And there's James Marvel kind of in the middle of the Pirates clubhouse, not knowing anyone. He had started the year in Altoona. He really didn't know anyone in Indianapolis that was up in the major leagues because he'd been a late promotion himself. It was, was, this wasn't even September 1st. This was kind of in the middle part of September that he got his promotion. And he's sitting there not really knowing what to do. Looked lost. Jacob Stallings walks over to him and says, hey, meet me in the bullpen in five minutes because I think I'm going to be catching you in your first start. He didn't know, but he wanted to see what James Marvel had, how his pitches performed, just in case he did catch him. Marvel ended up not really panning out in the major league levels. He's a minor league free agent at the moment. But that little exchange that little moment kind of stuck with me because I imagine that conversation happening happening a lot in 2020 in 2021 and more importantly in 2022 and 2023 whenever the Pirates young pitching prospects were really going to start coming up to the major leagues that there is going to be this reliable major league catcher waiting for them ready to guide them into becoming major leaguers. That will not be the case. Good morning and welcome to a special edition to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Jared Prugar. I'm Alex Stumpf. And in case you missed it somehow yesterday, Jacob Stallings has been traded to the Miami Marlins in, I, I frankly, the most surprising trade of or move of the Pirates offseason. I mean, this was something that I had alluded to is in an insider is kind of like a, a vague possibility, but now it it actually happened. Jacob Stallings is no longer a pirate. Yeah, this is definitely the most shocking move of Ben Charrington's tenure. And you know, it, it's it's true because you mentioned about that expertise. He's a gold glove Jacob Stallings, he's a gold glove winner, right? And yeah. like so my thing about this all is you are discarding that, and I understand that he still has three years of club control. He's thir- going to be 32 next month. But to me, the catcher rules the roost on a roster. There's a reason why 95, I feel like 95% of managers in baseball, and I know that number is exaggerated, are former catchers. They know the game. They are able to see everybody and every, and every pitch, every, every outcome. That's what you need when you have a young team. And now – if you look at it with the way that things are going to play out here potentially in the next few days here before the lockout begins, the longest tenured pirates are going to be Brian Reynolds, Kevin Newman, and potentially Cole Tucker. Potentially. I say potentially because who the hell knows at this point at this stage. So 
in my opinion, I, and Alex and I were talking about this before we went live, I was going to tweet, and I'm so glad I didn't because words, they're, they're screenshots. They go, I'm sure all thousands of my followers would love to screenshot this, but I was going to say about Jacob Stallings being the great, being a really good stopgap between now and Henry Davis coming up in just a few years, whether he's ready to come next year or in 2023, which is, like, which is what I would expect uh, to happen. But I would much rather have him train out and, and learn from Jacob Stallings rather than, than anybody else. This is a defensive guy that is uh, incredibly defensively or incredible at the defense of the position. You can say what you want about hitting, but he's a serviceable hitter at the major league level. I mean, yeah, you can get, I guess the getting while the getting's hot, potentially this is an Adam Frazier kind of deal where this is, it, this is the peak, but defense doesn't go away overnight. No, no, it doesn't. And I think that's number, just a couple things that really stick with me. This is, this is very impromptu. We normally just, you know, shoot these off the cuff as is, but this one is, I mean, this news isn't that old whenever we are recording this. The first thing that sticks to me is he had three years of team control remaining. And we could, we, we saw the, oh, the nutting's cheap comments and all that stuff, but the, the money is absolutely not a factor in this situation. Stallings is, was set to be a part for, for years to come at very reasonable major league salaries, even after a gold glove win. Money's not the issue. Team control is not the issue, which raises the question, why make the trade now? Well, the only reason to make the trade now is because the catching market is just so garbage. There's just absolutely nothing except for Wilson Contreras of the Cubs, who may or may not be available. And he only has one year of team control and he's not a gold glove winner. I mean, Jacob Stallings versus Wilson Contreras, that's a pretty comparable, you know, two comparable players in my mind. One of them is cheaper and has three years of team control and has every intangible that you want he is the clubhouse leader he is able to do game planning he is really good at managing a pitching staff all those things that you would really want every single box you can want from a catcher besides like you said offense but he wasn't a slouch he was a pretty close to average hitter all mm -hmm. things considered average at his position at least and that definitely does build trade value in this trade return I, I have a whole article on it on DKPittsburghSports.com. Go read it. For I, I don't want to just hit the same points that I hit in that article again, but it's a pretty underwhelming trade return for a gold glove catcher as is, even without the context of he has three years of team control remaining and this market is horrible. I, I really don't get this move. And this is the first time Ben Sherrington has made a trade that I really don't get. Like I, I remember writing, you know, after Adam Frazier, his trade value was higher than it ever was at the time. And the trade return was underwhelming, at least at the time. Like you can like Marcano, you could like Sawinski. That that's fine. They're both on the 40 man. We'll probably see him at the major leagues at some point in 2022. That's fine. The Josh Bell trade was kind of a look. It's probably a deal that has to be made because He's coming off of a bad year. If he has another bad year, you have to non-tender him. Just take the hedge bet at the moment.
Marte, Musgrove, Tyon trades all look really good at the moment. Obviously, we're going to need a couple more years to, you know, fully see how they pan out. But this is the first one that I, I really don't see really panning out or any way panning out. And it was an unforced error. I mean, if Will Crow and Eddie Yeen don't turn out, it's one thing for Josh Bell because they traded a guy who was basically replacement level for most of his major league career. This is different. Jacob Stallings' trajectory is up. He just won a gold glove. He does everything that you want. He was a clubhouse leader, one of the few veteran voices for a team that desperately needs veteran voices. And no, a couple 40-grade prospects, 40-plus-grade prospects and former you know, high-round draft picks that were definitely not as highly sought after now as they were back then or what it takes to trade, you know, for a gold glover. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. I mean, they sold Adam Frazier at his peak, at his highest, and Adam Frazier just got flipped to the Mariners um, earlier this week uh, from San Diego. You know, we you mentioned the, the Musgrove trade. That's really the only piece that's left uh, at this point of the Garrett Cole trade. Um, and that brought David Bednar, Omar Cruz, Drake Fellows, Hudson Head, and Eddie Rodriguez to the organization. Other than that, man, they DFA'd three out of the four guys in that trade uh, that we're going to get to here a little bit after we talk about Stallings, but I just don't understand it because everything that you want in Stallings, like like Ben Charrington to me has to have a backup plan in, in store and in tow, because if he doesn't, then that makes this move just look even more asinine than it already does because Stallings is everything that you want veteran presence. The, the pitching staff loves him. They pitch to him. Like they love pitching to him for all intents and purposes and they have success more often than not doing so at, at, at certain times. So he controls the pitching staff. He controls, you know, the run game, zero pass balls. Yeah. Um, like I just, unless there's somebody in the fold that we don't know about right now, as of this recording, I just don't, I just can't wrap my head around this decision. Like I get Josh Bell. Okay. Whatever. You have a Moran, you need a place for Moran. Whatever. I mean, Josh Bell had a, a had a bad season. Cool. Whatever. Um, but but man, I just don't get this one. And and I've been trying to wrap my head around it since since we saw it, since the rumors started swirling. But man, I just I just don't get it. I, I mean, I I just don't. No, I I don't either. And and like I said, like I I get some of the other ones, even if I don't like the trade process, and I I even I get the. You know, this is the highest Jacob Stellig's trade value will ever be angle of it. But is, is that, that is doesn't that real, mean though? you have to take the best offer you get. There is a difference between the two. There is absolutely no timetable to trade this guy after three years. And I, I, I alluded to this with the James Marble story. So many pitchers are going to be coming up and they're not going to have a Jacob Stallings to throw to. No matter who the Pirates get, whether whether it's an Andrew Knapp or a Chance Cisco or, or, or Robinson Chirinos, or I'm just trying to think of who the hell is still available on the free agent market, if they could even get one before the uh, collective bargaining agreement expires on December 1st, which if they don't, imagine going through this whole lockout with zero, zero catchers on the 40-man roster. That will be concerning. It's... It's not a good situation to be in. I don't know 
why th- this goes completely against everything Ben Sherrington has set out. It, the 2022 Major League Pirates team, I don't know how you can say with a straight face, this team is going to be better than they were in 2021. And if the whole goal is to get better every day, every year, th- mission failed on this one. Mission yeah. failed on this one. If the goal is to accumulate you know, talent and build that player-centric culture, that player-centric culture, boy, trading away your clubhouse leader definitely isn't going to help that either. Yeah, again, why? Why did they do this? Is this because – did they get a Jeter gift basket to – like, is that the reason why Ben Sherrington wanted that? You know, like, like this, this is the issue here, right? Like, you talk about getting better every year. Well, you don't trade away your gold glove catcher. Defense plays in this league. Defense plays, especially in a year where you're probably going to get to DH. So you're back to square one where you, have, where you probably have eight hitters in the lineup with a DH. If, the, if, if, you're, if you're suggesting that the catching position isn't a serviceable one at hitting, defense plays, controlling a pitching staff and operating a pitching staff plays. Not to, to trade away. Like, okay, so say, say he gets traded away and it's for a, a major league ready first baseman, uh, a top level starter, and a, and a fringe catcher. Okay, cool. Maybe that works. But the haul that they got for Jacob Stallings, I don't think that they should have made that trade to be perfectly no. honest with you. you. can't. And again, like you said, you can't sit here and say that in 2022, these guys, the pirates are going to be markedly better because you just lost your clubhouse. You just lost your clubhouse leader. You just lost your starting catcher. You don't, your only catcher to be perfectly honest with you right now, Carter Ben stepped right up. Um, Except he can't. Exactly. He's in double A. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, to me, Ben Sherrington has got to have something up his sleeve for tomorrow or even, of course, probably overnight because why not today, the way that things have gone. But I just – this is a head-scratcher to me, and I don't understand it. I don't think I'll ever understand it. And and hopefully, you know, after you, the entire roster gets overhauled by the, by the beginning of the, the league season, maybe Ben Sherrington will give us some answers. But, man, he's going to have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. And – you know, I mean, this is this is straight, you know, audio column or everything. I, I have said, you know, a lot of these trades, it, it stinks to trade a town. It stinks to it stinks to trade a Marte, a Musgrove. Those trades look like they'll be good in the long run, or they already are paying dividends with guys like Bennar. This one, this one's just bad. I have a hard time seeing this one really turning out to be a good trade, like. Thompson, I, I, I tweeted this out, a National League analyst, you know, like gave me a quick rundown shortly after the trade. Thompson is probably a back end of the rotation or a swinger, a swing guy in, in the rotation. Uh, Nicholas is has two good pitches, no control, and a shoddy changeup. He might end up being a bullpen arm. If he becomes a starter, maybe it's a different story, but for now, probably a bullpen guy. And, and Scott is a former first-round draft pick, but he really hasn't performed professionally at that level. You can like some of the tools, but he kind of looks like a toolsy fourth outfielder, which, good God, they do the Pirates need heads. another one? Do they really need another one at yeah, the moment? They just, they just promoted two or three to the active ro- or to the 40-man roster just last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. So I, I don't like the return. Even if it was a good return, 
and the Pirates would have gotten a top 100 prospect and, you know, a lottery ticket or two, I still don't think I would have liked it because Stallings was, in my mind, the most indispensable part of that team, like even more so than Brian Reynolds. And I don't mean that as an insult to Brian Reynolds, but if the Pirates were to trade him, they have plenty of outfielders that they could at least throw into the fire and see what happens. And the return you would get is massive. And the thing, the thing with me is it's not even just the baseball player, Jacob Stallings here. It's, it's the intangibles. It's the stuff that yeah. he does off the field that I think are more important than what he does on the field. Don't get me wrong. He's a very good baseball player. He obviously we've mentioned it a million times, go glove, um, a serviceable hitter at the major league level. It's the intangibles. It's the, the stat it's handling the pitching staff. It's being a leader. It's being that clubhouse presence. It's being that veteran. And now Who's the? I mean, you look at Kevin Newman, you look at Brian Reynolds, you look at Cole Tucker, um, and and to me, and this is no disrespect to those guys, those aren't clubhouse guys at this point in time. I mean, you you look back to when the Pirates started the rebuild uh, to be like Russell Martin. I think today, um, November 29th is the anniversary of him signing. Russell Martin was that clubhouse presence they needed. AJ Burnett was that clubhouse presence they needed. Jacob Stallings was that clubhouse presence they already had. Now they got to go out and get that clubhouse presence, that veteran presence. And where are you going to find it at this stage of the game? Yeah, you're, you're not. You're not. This is just going to be a glaring hole in 2022. And it, there's a whole lot of eggs in the Henry Davis will be ready in 2023 basket. 2022 yeah. Pirates baseball. Like I, I said it in live cues and everything. I thought the 2022 team, not, I, I gave very tepid, you know, realistic, you know, expectations of 70 wins might be possible. A full year of O'Neill Cruz, more of those young starting pitchers coming up. And oh yeah, having that gold glove catcher behind the mound or behind the plate to help everyone and be that clubhouse leader. 70 wins seemed like it was a possibility. Now, I don't see how this team wins 70. I think this team is going to, again, in 2022, lose close to 100 games. At which point, can, can you keep Derek Shelton as your manager after three years of last place, pretty definitively last place finishes? And that's not even really fair to Shelton, in my opinion. It's not even like no. a John Russell situation where he at least had that wave of he got the, his hands on that wave of talent. Shelton never really did. And he put so much faith. He spent so much time, you know, elevating Stallings to make sure he had that platform to make sure that he felt comfortable to be that clubhouse leader. And honestly, it was probably one of Shelton's greatest successes as a major league manager to elevate that voice in the clubhouse, to give him that push so he could be that guy. <laughs> That really benefit. That's part of that relationship building and the trust that so much of this organization is built on. How do you have that relationship? You, you lost those relationships. You lost some of that trust with a trade like this out of the blue for something that does not help your 2022 major league team. It's yeah, it's bad. Ah, it, it's so, I, I, I mean, it goes against everything that they've been preaching since this this front office took over and I, I, I feel bad for Derek Shelton. You can only play who you have, who you're, who you've yeah. got available. I mean, I don't think this is indicative of who he is as a manager um, because for all intents and all intents and purposes, I think he's done a very good job with what he's got. 
but man, when you, when you don't have much, I mean, I'm looking at the, the, the salaries and this is in, this in taking away Stephen Brault right now, because Stephen Brault was DFA'd earlier um, on Monday. <laughs> right now, mm-hmm. um, the total salary is $22 million or $20 million ish, give or take. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. There, active, yeah, active there are pre-arb payment. contracts that'll right. raise that also. But no, no, it's it's twenty million dollars. And the two additions that they have made to their team so far, as of this recording, are Yoshi Sutsugo and Jose Quintana, and they ditched Moran and Brawl to get oh, them on the roster. At which point, it's like don't forget about Ben Campbell. Let's not forget about Ben Campbell. Okay, I'm, I'm just talking pure yes, additions. Campbell was always <laughs> under team control, but that's right. that's a well. What did you do? You. you you could say, okay, Quintana's an upgrade over Brault, not a huge one. You could say Yoshi's an upgrade over Moran, not a huge one. Like, mm-hmm. that's where you're looking to improve, and then you trade the gold glove catcher on top of that. Dayon De- touched on this a while ago for a daily shot, and it was it kind of struck me whenever I, I saw the headlines, like, all right, that's that's a pretty spicy one where he's like, why does Ben Charrington get afforded, you know, three years of just terrible baseball? And that's it. That's it. Like, we're talking about how Derek Shelton's head might have to roll after three years of terrible baseball, fielding teams that weren't any good, you know, or or didn't have enough major league talent to seriously contend. And I I think the direction of the organization overall is going the right way. But this this is a step back. This is a step back. You don't bolster the farm system nearly enough that you need to to entertain a trade like something, a trade like this. You lose one of your best major league players in the process. So that product is going to be hurt in there. It's a trade that doesn't benefit them now. It's a trade that I don't see them benefiting them in the long term. It does hurt them whenever. Every single time, a Yahure, a Contreras, a Quinn Priester, a Michael Burrs, all those young pitchers that are supposed to come up through the farm system in 2022 or 2023 that Jacob Stallings easily could have been under team control for. Just not happening. Yeah, I just, man, this is just, uh, and, and like DK has mentioned, man, like this is on Charrington. This isn't on Derek Shelton by any means. I mean, as a manager, I mean, it is, it is, but to a lesser extent, right? I mean, as a manager, you got to go out and put your team in positions to the, the team that you have, right? The team that you have right now, he's hitting with eight, he doesn't have a catcher. <laughs> Maybe Neil Walker has a couple of years left, he can go back to catcher. Um, now that he's in the broadcast booth, but like somewhere, somewhere out there, Hoy Park is putting on a chest protector and catcher's mask. <laughs> You're like, let's do this, baby. Yeah, and and I mean, all credit to, to Derek Shelton for dealing with what he's got. But again, this is on Sherrington, man. This is a this is solely solely on on um, Ben Sherrington because in my in my opinion, I mean, Derek Shelton's doing the, the best he can with what he's got, and at, at some point, you know, dealing him with uh, with these with these players, and this is no disrespect with who they've got, but you can't sit here and say that you want to be a better organization and a better team. By trading your best defensive player. No. You just can't. You, that to me is on the, the general manager. You, you you cannot. This is an undeniable fact. You cannot say that you are getting better whenever you have zero catchers. It just you just can't. You just can't. This one, this one stunk. This is a bad trade. I you know what? If 
five years from now, all these kids end up hitting, I'll, I'll own up to it. I'll own up to it. But I will stand by right now. This trade goes against what they are trying to do right now. I don't see them being a better organization after this trade than they were before it. Yeah. They, they lost that clubhouse guy. They lost a lot more than the three war and the gold glove that he provided. If I'm, if I'm Brian Reynolds, I'm what's I, I, I would, I would like to know what the next move is. If I'm that's fair. I mean, because the, the impression I got from this was, you know, the pirates were just listening on Stallings offers the same way they are just listening on Brian Reynolds offers. And like, you know, a due diligence, not saying they're shipping or shopping a Brian Reynolds, but you know, you can't say, Oh, there's no chance, you know, like go away. You have to at least be like, all right, what are you willing to give up? You know, just in case a team says something absolutely stupid. Doesn't sound like the Marlins gave up anything stupid. No, not no, even close. Because they didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I just there's just so many different questions that I have as a result of this, and I think that's what that's I think what's scary too, because this is just this is again this goes against what they've been trying to do, um, because this is not a build, this is not a reload, this is this is a dump, and this is a dump and chase whatever other options are to borrow a, a hockey term there, but like I, I think tomorrow when Baron or today, I guess I should say when Ben Sherrington speaks on Tuesday, he has to own up for this decision and, and give it, it, it. Now's the time to be transparent. This is the vision of our organization. This is the vision of our team. This is what we're, what the direction is that we're going to go. And if he doesn't do that, then the nets, that's an absolute shame on him because at this point, the fans, the organization, the players need answers, which I'm sure that he probably would know and they'd be privy to before we would. But it's time to be transparent and say, hey, this is the direction that we're going. This is our vision. This is why we're doing what we're doing. And, and hopefully it makes sense. I think we should end it there for what it's worth. Yeah, there's not much else to say. <laughs> no, no, we're just running at circles at this point thank you so much for tuning into a special episode of the podcast to be named later we'll have a normal episode up on saturday where we're going to talk about all the other players who were non-tender not just Brawlton moran we'll get into more detail for their for them also but for jared prugar i'm alex Stone saying thank you so much for listening subscribe to the dk pittsburgh sports podcasting feed we will talk again next week.